Hello and welcome back to Equity on Extra Crunch, a semi-regular series of interviews that dig into topics that don't quite fit inside the standard equity format, but are still critical to understanding what's happening in the private markets. A few weeks ago, I had the opportunity to chat with former EchoSign founder, active venture capitalist, and driving force behind Saster, Jason Limkin. Jason and Saster, a community for SaaS and cloud founders, also organized the annual Saster conference in San Jose that now attracts five figures worth of folks each year. We spoke with Jason before the novel coronavirus had evaded containment efforts affecting domestic markets after upending their counterparts abroad. The current community distance recommendations forced Jason to push Saster back a bit, but that doesn't mean that our chat with him is any less timely. In our 45-minute conversation, we covered a ton of stuff from the potential for a cloud slowdown to how founders should use or not use venture debt to Jason's outlook on SaaS consolidation and even how fast he's writing checks today. We're sharing one of our favorite clips here. The rest is over on TechCrunch for Extra Crunch subscribers. And we're going to get to outliers in a second, but I want to yeah. I want to dig into. I've talked to two VCs lately in the okay. last six months that have been that have been talking about the beginning of a cloud slowdown. And I, I, this is a very specific thing. What they mean is, cloud is no longer an upstart phenomenon. SaaS is no longer nascent. We have now seen a large percentage of the enterprise software world yeah. move over to SaaS, and that means that the growth rate will descend as the actual aggregate base is larger. And critically, they think that this might lead to incumbents squeezing out startups from certain spaces in the SaaS market that might have been attractive before. And this is mostly from Alex N over at Scale Venture Partners recently. And I thought it was an interesting hypothesis, and I don't see why it wouldn't be correct, but I wanted to get your take on it, because I know you're a cloud optimist. You've always yes. been a SaaS believer in my experience. So when you think about the maturing of the SaaS market, does that leave less space for startups in general uh, as you look at the, uh, the overall landscape? Well, let's, I think there are two different points, sure. and I have two different perspectives. If you look at data from like Gartner, which is imperfect, but at least we have it, yeah. you, can, you can say that maybe 30% of old school on-prem type software has gone to SaaS, yeah. 30%. So the Pollyanna view is there's 70% left. Mm -hmm. But the flip side is that's a lot of market penetration, right? It actually, as you get start to approach 40, 50%, you should see a slowdown. This secular trend mm -hmm. into SaaS when, when, even when you started doing SaaS, certainly when I started doing SaaS, it was risky, it was quirky, it was weird. It right? was disliked, it was disliked. odd, it was not trusted. Through about 2016. Yes. Through about 2016. Sure. Maybe even a little later. Okay. Um, when, at the first SaaS annual, Aaron Levy came one week after the Box Roadshow and I asked him what the public markets thought of SaaS. He said, they're starting to learn about it. Starting. Like they're starting to get comfortable in 2015. That's, that's only 2015, yes, right? Yeah, five, five years ago. So yeah. we are, so we, that 30% was probably 8% then. Right. And so, there is, so there's, so, so there's a, the, the good news is there's 70% left. The, the risk is like, you, you know, there's only so much of this crazy growth. And another thing happened, which if you look at any data, Gartner, Forrester, or whatever, this, and this no one anticipated, more of IT went to SaaS. We all knew there would be a substitution, that of however you define IT, a trillion, three trillion, there's different metrics, how much infrastructure you include. We all knew that like the old, the old on-prem software would go to SaaS. We didn't realize that it would, it would take up 30 to 40% more of those IT budgets than it used to. So we got an extra boost. People are oh, spending more on software. Expanded. We're spending okay, so the, more the, the, on the business software. No one, no one from scale, no one from anybody realized we right. would spend more on business software because of SaaS. Right. But, and that has physical limits. IT budgets can, are only can be so much mm -hmm. of a global 2000 budget. So sure. these amazing trends created, you know, 
many, many SaaS companies doing a billion in ARR, mm -hmm. a billion in ARR, but, but they're going to hit headwinds there. There's yes. no question those headwinds. That's different from whether that's going to box out startups. Right. I have a very so, different so, view so of that. Agree with the first half of the hypothesis that there is going to be a slowdown as this penetration reaches 40, 50%, so over the next five years. Yes, there has to be, and as we stop putting more and more of our fixed IT budget into SaaS. These are two great trends, yes. and they will reach saturation. Got it, okay. Now, on the startup point though, yes. and them being boxed out, you seem like more of a skeptic. I think this is the best time to start a SaaS startup. Okay. The uh, best time. Tell me why. Because all the SaaS leaders are at a billion, two billion, coming up on a billion in AR. The Zendesk, the Shopify's, mm -hmm. the HubSpot's, mm -hmm. they don't have time. They don't have time. So, if you're at a billion in ARR, and they're all growing like a weed, they're growing 30, 40%, Shopify's growing 50%. Shopify is an outlier though. Yeah, but Shopify's so is Twilio, but they're all yeah. growing, they're all growing with a few exceptions, they're all growing north of 20%, sure. all the leaders. Sure. So let's imagine you're at a billion of ARR, which now they're like 20 mm -hmm. of these companies. Yeah. How much do you have to add this year? 200, or 20, maybe even 300, or maybe even 300, which is a lot. Oh, so you're thinking about non-organic. I growth. don't have time to compete with your little startup that was just on TechCrunch. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, 10 years ago, five years ago, 2015, when yes. when Aaron came from Box, mm -hmm. Aaron would see a, a startup doing five million ARR and get a little worried. I mean, not literally worried, but think, yeah. hey, this who's, may disrupt me. Who's that? Right? Stuart Butterfield doesn't have time. No. He's going to read it. He's all over social media. He's an incredible founder. Mm -hmm. But Slack doesn't have time going to a billionaire to worry about someone that did five million. He's got to worry about Microsoft. He's got to worry about big guys. So that means mm -hmm. you have a lot of air cover to get not just to a million before you're competed with by a big guy, maybe a hundred million. Oh, so it's, million. it's not that they'll swoop in and buy you, it's that they will just ignore you because they have to focus they on their core business. They have to focus. They have to focus. Uh, uh, okay. And Adobe's turning around now and everyone from Figma on down is competing aggressively with them, but why? Is it because they're, they're stupid? Of course not. No, they're they, very smart. I was an SVP there. They were busy. It's too small. It was too small, yeah. right? And there's too much growth in Creative Cloud. Creative Cloud fueled Adobe's 10x market cap growth. So they just, it's not that they don't watch what's happening with Webflow and Figma and everyone, it's just too small mm -hmm. until it's nine figures in revenue. Right. It's just too small. Because Figma has now become materially nice. I don't know how yeah, big it's ARR Vision is. Two. They're yes. all super successful. Yes. And it's not because anyone was dumb, it's just because you can't compete when they were small. You just can't, you're too big, you're, they've grown too quickly. So it, it sounds like instead of this being a problem, it's actually there's, there's more freedom because big companies are now too busy to kind of mess with you. So you'll yes. get up to 10, 15, 20 million AR before they even begin to turn the guns on your ship. And, and because cloud got so big, these niches got big. Every niche yeah. that used to be a million ARR niche now can be a hundred million. Mm -hmm. Monday.com we were talking about, who knew we needed another project management for non-tech folks that went from one to 120 million in four years, but that's a, that's a piece, of, like 10 years yes. ago, that would be a $2 million business. Today, oh. they're going to 200 million. Yes. So let, let's hold, in, uh, hold, 10 years, hold that point. It's a hundred times bigger, this yes. little niche that Monday found, and they're gonna do a billion in ARR. So let's talk about vertical SaaS then. Yeah. Because I, that, I'm gonna jump ahead in my question, because this is when I wanted to get to, but we're, we're there already. Yeah. Uh, it seems like you're thinking about vertical SaaS then, isn't that this is gonna be a constricting idea, but that instead these, these, these takes on like the dentist industry or whatever, yes. and building software for those, be enormous because the niches have gotten larger to your point. So I presume you're a bull on vertical SaaS as an idea. I've, I've always been a bull. Okay. I would say even more simply, look at any SaaS company doing a billion in error. Look at a Zendesk. Sure. Okay, which is already at a billion. That means they're going to keep growing. That means they're going to get to five or ten billion. My, my rough math is there's another billion in a vertical version of that. Okay. So there's another billion in error. Could be more. And that means there could be 10 unicorns, 10, 100 million, million. Yeah. 10 verticalized Zendesks, right? Um, and Zendesk 
doesn't even have time to meet with them, right? I invest in a company called Gorgeous, which is like a Zendesk for e-commerce. Okay. They're almost all on Shopify. It's very niche, right? Mm -hmm. They're going to be growing 3x to 10 million ARR. Is that too niche? People thought this company was too niche 12 months ago. I mean, apparently it's ago. not. not apparently not it's not. Doing 300 yes, on and then Zendesk, Zendesk has an offering that has a great product, but all they do is make sure your fulfillment from Instagram to shipping that your contact center works magically. Which is good, but not enough. No, it is enough. It is enough to build a 300 million era business, but it's just a niche today mm -hmm. that's so big because cloud is, look how big, how big Shopify today. Shopify is, is $70 huge. billion. Dollars. Yes. In, In 2015, it was worth 800 million. So these niches have grown astronomically, and that means these vertical SaaS things like Weave, mm -hmm. like Gorgeous and others, you turn around and how could Weave do be a, a unicorn? Well, yeah, Weave's huge. everything yeah. got big. Yeah, yes. but it wasn't four or five years ago, right? Okay. When I met, I, I met the founders only twice, like, 2015, they were great, mm -hmm. but it wasn't clear it could be as big today, but cloud got big. Right? But going back to your point about Zendesk and there being room for you know 10 unicorns underneath yeah. Zendesk uh, at 100 million ARRPs, the implication there though is that vertical SaaS will still generate smaller companies than the original kind of broader SaaS plays. So to me, we're well, even Viva is smaller than Salesforce. That's right. an example I don't... I don't so Viva, Viva is a pharma CRM. It actually has two products oh, today. Oh, okay, yes. Viva's a, Viva is the most successful vertical SaaS company. Okay. So the CTO of Salesforce left Salesforce a decade ago, founded Viva. It only raised $3 million from emergence plus a seed round. It's now worth $20 billion today. Wow. He was also in my class. Like oh, everyone okay. did better than me in my batch. So why am I? Why do I have you on the you. show? Like you should just get out. We should yeah, bring everyone get, else. Go in. bring Peter Gassner in. He's like a hundred <laughs> times better than me. And Viva's worth twenty something billion. And then I have two products. A okay. And he he said, look, Salesforce is a great horizontal play. Mm. I want to do pharma. And, okay. and there what there is a legacy vendor in the space, and it's big. Like it's a big space, and all their deals are seven figure, eight figure deals. But it's still it's still a thirty billion dollar company, and Salesforce is one hundred and fifty billion. So yeah. I, I can't think of a vertical SaaS that is bigger than its horizontal play. But it may well it may well exist. But thirty billion is like that's right. still so a good do, outcome do, do for a three million dollar investment. I was about right? to say. So like yeah. even if they are smaller by definition, you know. It's Plenty not like big. they're still going to be enormous. Okay. And this goes back to yes. your, your general point about the cloud itself just becoming, growing the pie and taking a larger piece of the overall IT pie. Okay. Yes. Everyone seems to be very hot for vertical SaaS these days. So that's why I wanted to ask because- They like it because the cloud got bigger yes. and because competition is simpler. It, you, the amount of domain expertise you have to do to build a Viva is, it, it's rich. It compounds on itself and there aren't going to be 20 startups out of YC that are going to build that. But, it, but and so there are, VCs like vertical SaaS because finally they realized it can be a 300 ARR business, and then they can actually- 300 million ARR. 300 million ARR, yeah. and they realize, look, it, it actually works. Yeah. I can, like I invested in a, in a SaaS company just for environmental compliance called Mapistry, right? They just closed their first $1 million deal, okay? They have like no competition, like not in the whole space, but in what they do, yeah. it's really none. So like, are they gonna have a few bumps, and, and but they can get through it, they yeah. have time. Right? They have time. Because there's not so, 10 other competitors doing the exact yeah. same thing. We, whereas that, the Weave guys may disagree, but they had like one or two competitors. And, yeah. and their original competitor was, I think, MS-DOS based in offices. So you have time. And so VCs like this because you're just, you're, you're overwhelmed with the competition. You're overwhelmed with everyone wanting to take on Snowflake and Datadog. Uh -huh. and, and there are many great APM companies, but it's exhausting. How do you know what's the next Datadog? All right, now recall, that was just a portion of our chat with Jason. You can listen to the full 45-minute interview over on TechCrunch.com on ExtraCrunch. If you aren't a member, don't worry. If you sign up using code ALEX, A-L-E-X, all caps, no spaces, I think you get 25% off a year. You can do that at TechCrunch.com slash subscribe or in the post itself. Cool. Regular equity is back on Friday, so don't worry. We'll be right back.